Welcome to Passion Life Church. You know, that's why the Bible says we have to have childlike faith. That we just believe that God can do what he said he can do. And that's what I want to talk to you today. I'm entitled today, Faith That Brings Victory. And uh, we are in 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are starting at 6, we're eating before 6. And that is, if you want to write this down, you can look at Judges chapter 20, verse 26. That's where we get this from, where they fasted until day, until the evening time. And then after 6, we are eating. And uh, we're doing that not for just some religious reading, uh, religious reasons. We are fasting because something happens not only when you pray, but when you fast together, there's a spiritual synergy. What are we doing? We're positioning ourselves to possess what God has for us. Listen, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, 17, verse 14. We're going to begin to read fasting and prayer. Listen, one of the things that fasting does is that it helps us not to walk just by our senses, to put our fleshly appetites aside and say, I'm going to focus on spiritual things. And listen, it is fasting and prayer. It's not a hunger strike. It's not just going without food. It's actually taking that time and saying, hey, you know what? I am going to pray during this time. Why? You're going to put aside your, 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 your senses for a moment, if you will, and focus on spiritual things. Why? The Bible says this, that you are to walk by the spirit, not by the senses. To walk by the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Bible also tells us this, we are to walk by faith, not feelings. So what I'm doing is I'm putting aside this feeling of hunger. And you know what? Come on, somebody. You'll be so happy. I experienced a victory. I said no to a donut. Come on, somebody. The devil's putting donuts in front of me. Come on, tell your neighbor, you can't overcome. It wasn't gluten-free, so I didn't need it. I'm kidding. Faith brings victory. And here's what we need to know about faith is that God has called us to live a lifestyle of faith. But here's the thing about faith. Faith will often contradict your feelings. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we are to walk by faith, not by sight. And faith believes before it sees. But I want you to listen to this. Faith also believes despite what it sees. Because the devil's going to put some things in your path that he wants you to look at. And he wants to discourage your faith. Now, before we read in Matthew chapter 17, verse 14, I want to just set this up for a minute because there's a father who has a son who is possessed by an evil spirit. And yes, those things do happen. But as a Christian, you have to open the door for the enemy to come into your life. I do not believe that Christians can be um, have an evil spirit or be possessed. You can be oppressed by the enemy. But listen, the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. So we can be oppressed, but not possessed as a Christian. That's important. And so this father has a boy who is possessed by an evil spirit. And the, the father brings the boy to the disciples to get the boy free. But the disciples cannot cast out this devil. And so here's where we pick it up. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. If you have it, say, I got it. It says, and when they were come to the multitude there, it says, and when they were come to the multitude there, they came to him, a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, he said, have mercy on my son. He's a lunatic and, this, and sore and vexed for oftentimes he falls into the fire and then oftentimes he'll fall into the water. And I brought 
him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, you faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? I want you to notice something. Jesus, why is he getting upset? He's getting upset because this boy is not free. He's getting upset because the people that he delegated his authority to didn't know how to walk in his, his authority, and yet this boy is not free. Jesus wants to see people free. Can I hear a good amen today? And then he said, how long will I be with you? And then verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus, and apart said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. I want you to highlight that in your Bible. I want you to circle it in your Bible. Why could they not cast him out? Because of their what? Unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have a faith as a grain of mustard seed, yet you shall say to this mountain, remove it, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. How be it, listen to this, it says, how be it, this only goes out by prayer and fasting. There's a lot of things in this story that I like to highlight, but I want to take just a couple of moments. One of the things I want to highlight is this father. I love this father. Why do you love this father, Phil? I love this father because he's having challenges with his son, but yet he's open about it enough and humble enough to actually bring him to Jesus. You know, in 20 years of doing youth ministry, I've seen a lot of kids, a lot of teens who have had a lot of problems. And when I talk to the parents, the parents think that everything's okay, right? And you ask the parents, how are you doing? Oh, everything's okay. Well, if everything's okay, why is your son on the floor having seizures and foaming at the mouth? We're all right. No, you're not all right. And the problem is, the problem is pride. Because you know what? They want to have this perception to everybody that family's okay, we're doing okay, and I want to tell you this morning, God resists the proud. Really, when you look into the, uh, the, the translation of that scripture, it means this, prideful people resist God. God loves everybody. He cares about any, everybody. But listen, you will not get a miracle unless you admit it. Can I just say today publicly on YouTube and Facebook above every, every, everything that we're doing, Passion Life Church needs a miracle for a new building. We need a miracle. Aren't we glad that our God specializes in miracle, miracles? And pray for us because tomorrow we're going to look at a building. There's another, not just one, now there's another one that's possibly opening up and this could be the thing. You hear? Can you pray for us? We're, we're following God's leading. But I love this, this father because he sees his son tormented by the enemy and he loves his son enough to put down his pride and be humble and say, my family is not doing good. He's not doing good. My church family, pride doesn't attract miracles. It repels them. Humility attracts miracles. Humility. The first step is that we have to acknowledge our need. Hey, I'm not feeling well. Hey, this was the diagnosis. But I love that this father is telling Jesus his needs. Now, let's look at how Jesus deals with his disciples and why they couldn't overcome the victory. And I think if we can learn today, I think this revelation is really going to help us be and live in victory because Jesus states this plainly. He says, 
to the disciples. And I love the disciples' hearts because they want to know. They didn't want to deny like, oh, yeah, it didn't come out. We're, we're good. No, they came to Jesus because they wanted to know, how can I have victory over the enemy? And you, too, have victory over the enemy. But let's, let's, learn, let's learn today. See, you have to understand that when you get born again, when you ask Jesus to come inside your heart, you repent of your sins, here's number one. God gives you faith. You have faith. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of ourselves. Say that. It's not of myself. Say that. It's not of myself. Watch. It's a gift from God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I've read this so many times, but I think the Lord is just beginning to show me. I always thought, well, yes, grace is a gift from God. How many of you believe that? Grace is a gift from God. But can I just tell you, faith is also a gift from God. These are put together. It says, for the grace, by grace you have been saved. Through faith, it is not of ourselves. Watch this. So faith is not of ourselves. You don't have to try to conjure up faith. You don't have to try to look constipated and what are you doing? Don't have faith. Okay, now I have to go to the bathroom. It's not of yourself. It's a gift from God. Now, this is why I think in God's heart, when, he, when he, he's given us everything that we need, everything, he's given you grace and he gives you faith. It's a gift from God. And then the Bible says in Romans 12, 3, it says, God has dealt with to every man a measure of faith. Actually, I read it wrong. It's the measure of faith. Everybody say the measure of faith. This is the correct translation. Others say a, but it's actually the measure of, of faith. Now, this is important, and I hope that you will get this. What kind of faith did he give you? Did he give you a secondhand goodwill type of faith? No, God actually gave you his very faith. The faith that created the, the, the creation. The faith that, that spoke the world into existence. Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. The, the correct translation, and for some of you, even in your margins of your Bible, it actually says, have the faith of God. He gives you his very faith. Now, if you go, I still don't believe that. Okay, so Jesus said this. He said, my peace I give you. If he gives you his peace, why wouldn't he give you his faith? So the faith that I have is the faith of the Son of God. That's what Paul said, right? Didn't Paul say, I am crucified with Christ, therefore no longer I live, but he lives. And then he said, through the faith, not in the Son of God, but the faith of the Son of God. So Paul knew that his life, he had the faith of God working in him. Say that with me. Say, I have the faith of God working in me. And then in Mark eleven twenty two, he says, have the faith of God. Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, watch, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, does not doubt, but believes, does not doubt, but believes, that what he says will happen, right? And so this will be done for them. What? If they understand they have the faith of God, they speak to the mountain and do not doubt in their heart. Now, for some of this, what, I, what I'm about to say is going to be a little different than what you hear, but I think it's going to help you. Jesus never says to tell Jesus about the mountain. You know what he says? You speak to the mountain. And this is why some of the mountains don't move because you're talking to God. You know, the mountain is so big. It's so ugly. It's so tall. 
And Jesus says, I told you to speak to the mountain, not to speak to me about the mountain. Why? Because you have the faith of God. God, you know, I'm not feeling well. I'm believing that you'll take away, you know, this, whatever it is. Jesus says, speak to it. Command it to die in the name of Jesus. Speak to that mountain. The mountain is any problem that stands between you and the promise of God. You have mountain-moving faith. Did you hear that? You have mountain-moving faith. Why? Because it's not of ourselves. It's actually the faith of God that's in you, that he gave to you. Now, you can receive that as a gift, or you can go, eh, I don't know. Okay, that's fine, but don't be mad when there's a whole bunch of mountains around you. Pastor Phil, will you pray for my mountain? No, you need to speak to the mountain. She'll be coming on she coming Stop going around the mountain and pray and speak to that mountain. Come on, say, I have God mountain moving faith. But if you're taking notes, this is so important because number two, faith works through knowledge. Today, what you're getting, you're getting the knowledge of God. This is so important because faith pleases God. I love to say this because the Bible tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith, all things are possible. I want to say that again. That's why your faith is so important. You will see results when you understand how faith works. What have you understood so far? You've understood, number one, that you have faith because God gave it to you as a gift. Number two, it's the faith of God. Does the faith of God ever fail? I didn't even plan. That's not even in my notes. That just came. Does the faith of God ever fail? So if I'm using the faith of God the way he wants us to to, to use it. Will I fail? No. God's not setting you up to trip you up. He's setting you up for victory. But I'm, I'm going to talk about the challenge and the tension because there is a, a tension. But listen, you'll receive the results of faith when you understand you already have it. Philemon chapter 6 verse 1 says that the sharing of your faith may become effective. How many of you want to be effective in your faith? You want to be effective. He says become effective. Watch. By the acknowledgement of of every good thing which is in you through Christ. Now, see, you have faith, but now, are you ready? Here we go. I want you to, I want you, you, you came this far, you weathered the storm. I want you to focus. Listen, you have faith, but what many people don't understand, and here's the challenge, here's the tension. You have faith, but you also have unbelief at the same time. Prove that to you. How do I know that? A couple things. This father, he comes to Jesus in faith, believing that Jesus is going to heal his son. I'm going to tell you why he had unbelief, though, at the same time. He had faith because the disciples could not cure his son. Listen, he could have quit right then and there. Most people do. Because, oh, this person who represented Jesus isn't doing their job. Let me give you an example. So then people take it out on Jesus. You know, my mom turned uh, 60. I'm really excited. I mean, yeah, it was like her 60th birthday. I'm really excited because she's going to be here in February. And she's going to preach. And uh, I'm really excited about that because she's very powerful. And then in February 11th, we're going to have um, Lamont and his wife, Sharon, that I met in the airport. They're coming down for a conference. And they said, hey, we're just going to come by your church. Isn't that awesome that people like me enough to come by my church? I said, well, if you sing and, and preach, why don't you come and sing? God, that was a divine appointment. Come on, somebody. So let's see what the Lord will do. So I hope you're here February 11th and then February uh, 25th. But 
Anyway, my mom had turned 60 years old. And so what we did, her husband, he's now with the Lord, but my stepfather used to sing Elvis to her. And so my mom was a little Elvis cray-cray because she actually made my stepfather grow out his sideburns. Come on, somebody. And he was the tallest Elvis I've ever seen. So we had this crazy idea for her birthday. I said, why don't we do this, Dan? That was his name. I said, why don't we hire an Elvis impersonator? And this is what we'll do. We're going to all get there. My mom has no idea. You are going to go and tell everybody, hey, I'm going to go change because I'm going to sing, you know, my mom, Kathy, some Elvis songs. So here was the idea. We hired the Elvis impersonator. He would go and change, and then the Elvis impersonator would come out. She would think that that's Dan, and he would do his thing, right, and be like, yeah. There was a challenge with that, though. I didn't realize that Dan was six foot four and white, and the, 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 the Elvis impersonator was five foot three and Hispanic. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so Dan came out, and then all of a sudden he was vertically challenged. Come on, somebody. And everybody, and we, we got the idea. But here was, here was another challenge. And here's life hack 24. If you ever hire a Elvis impersonator, make sure he knows Elvis's songs. He didn't know the words. They didn't know the moon. Hound dog, hound dog. Not corn dog, hound dog. And we sat there, we, we had a blast. I wanted my money back, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta pay this guy. Because what he doesn't know, he wants to be an Elvis impersonator, but we're gonna help him find his real purpose. He's actually a comedian. But here's my point. When he's up there missing Elvis's words, I'm not mad. You know what? I hate Elvis. I'm never listening to an Elvis song again. It's this guy. You know, I didn't do that to Elvis, but people do that to Jesus. When somebody doesn't represent him well, the first thing they do is say, I'm not going to live for God because of that guy. Really? See, this father came in contact with people who represented Jesus, who was the disciples, and they couldn't cast him out. And I'm, I'm making this point that this father had faith because not only did he bring his son to Jesus, but he ha actually had to overcome the obstacle of the people who represented Jesus couldn't do what he thought he knew. And he comes to Jesus. And he stands there. And he says, Jesus, can you heal my son? Now, in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, it's the, the same story, but a different account. Listen to this. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said to him, now he's talking to the Father, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straight away the father and the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe you, but help my unbelief. So he has faith, but he has unbelief at the same time. You can see this throughout Scripture. Would you say that Peter had faith when he got out of the boat? Absolutely. He's, he's the only one that got out of the boat. And he's in faith. But guess what? He also had unbelief because as soon as he looked at the waves, what happens? He begins to sink because he had faith and unbelief at the same time. I want you to notice what Jesus come, what Jesus says. Everybody look at me. Jesus doesn't chastise him because he says, help my unbelief. 
What a prayer. Jesus, help my unbelief. But look what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't take full responsibility for this miracle. Guess what Jesus tells the man when he says, help my unbelief? He flips it back on the man and he says, but can you believe? The problem is never with Jesus. The problem is never with God. And see, sometimes we just want Jesus to do stuff for us. And so many times Jesus said, just believe. Remember Jairus' daughter? They came and they said, don't bother the teacher anymore because the woman with the issue of blood had interrupted him. She broke through the crowd because she wanted her miracle. And Jairus' daughter dies. And they said, don't bother the teacher anymore. And then he looks at them and he says, just believe. Why? Because there's unbelief there. But you're going to have to choose which one will win. Which one will win in your life? Will faith win or unbelief win? Which one will win? And I I know this is tough because sometimes we just say God is sovereign because we don't want to take any responsibility for our faith. But yet God has given us mountain moving faith. And I wonder if this man said, I cannot believe what Jesus would have said. But he says, can you believe? Passion Life Church, can you believe today? Can you believe? Despite the unbelief that you have, Can you believe? Now, check this out. Jesus heals this young man. I'm going to tell you, Jesus knows how to heal families. Jesus knows how to heal people. Can I hear a good amen today? And so the disciples ask him this question. They say, why is it that we couldn't cast it out? This is important. Jesus says, because of your unbelief. My church family, can I ask you a question? Did the disciples have faith? How do we know they had faith? They left everything to follow Jesus. Come on. Peter, on the biggest day that Jesus busted his nets and his his boat, on the biggest day of their biggest catch, the Bible says, they forsake all and they follow him. That's huge. That's faith. So what is Jesus saying? The disciples have faith. But here is the problem with the disciples. See, we have faith, but we have unbelief. And what happens if you're not careful, everybody look at me, your unbelief will negate your faith. It offsets your faith. Why do I think that they had so much unbelief in that moment and they let unbelief uh, win? Here's why. Because they went by what they saw instead of what they believed. What do you mean? The Bible says that this boy was on the floor having seizures and foam was coming out of his mouth. That's, that's, I'm going to tell you something. The enemy loves to make a spectacle of things. He loves to draw the attention. And this is why this whole fasting thing is important because all of a sudden they got focused on what they saw instead of what they believed. And when they saw it with their senses, unbelief rose up and they could not cast out this devil. Are you following me today? This is why it's so important because you say, well, Pastor Phil, I'm probably never going to confront a devil. No, you probably won't ever see a a possessed person. I have. I've done, I've been involved in deliverance and I'm telling you this, man, the enemy loves a spectacle. Can I hear a good amen today? Real quick story. Went to Bible college and this beautiful young lady, I know I was maybe 27. She was maybe 19 years old. We had a deliverance night, beautiful young lady, but she had a withered hand. And so 
after they prayed for people, and then uh, this the, the professor was up there. He says, all right, if you need deliverance in your night, come down. People came down. This girl came down. She had a withered hand, and her, and a, and her leg was withered. And so we begin to pray. This beautiful 19-years-old girl just starts on the floor. Boom. And this voice. Listen, and it didn't sound like any heavy metal people that you know. Eyes rolling back. My teacher was like almost 70. And that boy just got on her thing, and he just starts speaking the name of Jesus. Now, let me just tell you, when it comes to deliverance, people have to want to get delivered. That's the battle. Are you going to let go of this devil or are you going to keep it? Some people like to keep the devil because they're so familiar with it. Let me tell you, one of the biggest open doors for the enemy is fear. People, that's why God says to walk by faith, because you can walk in fear your whole life that you come accustomed to it, that you don't know how to let go. That was the problem. But man, this 67-year-old man, just in the name of Jesus, and foo, she starts foaming at the mouth, and we're all saying it's so easy to get caught up in all that. But you know what? Then we grabbed her hand. She got up. Guess what? Her hand wasn't withered anymore, and either was her leg. And she walked out of there a whole new person delivered by the power of God. Pastor Phil, this is intense. No, you need to understand this. Your kids need to understand. Because the enemy doesn't play nice in video games and things that they're looking at. He's looking for an open door into your family's life. It doesn't start with possession. It starts with just an open door. And we don't have to be afraid because the Bible says, Jesus says that he's given us all authority. But I want to tell you this, you better go home and look at your life and close every single door and don't give the enemy any opportunity to come inside your life or your family. And you say, like Joshua said, this is our house. This is my house and we will serve the Lord. This is not a game. It's not a game. But listen, Jesus makes this statement. And I want to help some people because I used to believe this a lot. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, he says, how be it this kind only goes out with prayer and fasting. Now, what kind is he talking about? What is the whole context of what we're talking about? Jesus said why they could not cast it out. Why? Because of their unbelief. My church family, fasting does not cast out devils but rather it casts out unbelief in your life. Listen, I just want to help some people. When you read the Bible and you hear Jesus say something, you cannot make a doctrine out of one thing he says without looking at the totality of what Jesus says. What did Jesus tell us? He said this, Mark chapter 16, verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that what? Believe in my name, you shall cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. Watch this. He says, they that believe. What casts out devils? Our faith in the name above every name. You have the name of Jesus. You shouldn't have to go, oh, you know what? I'm going to face this thing. Oh, I better not because I didn't fast and pray. That's not the purpose. The purpose of fasting is that you put aside your senses so your spirit can become stronger. Listen, when your spirit becomes stronger, faith arises in your life. And faith is what we need to cast out is the unbelief. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he told the disciples, and they knew this, they knew this. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Watch this, over all the power of the enemy if you fast. Is that what it said? To say if you fast? 
No, it says it gives you all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. If you have faith in that, you will overcome. But what fasting does, it helps you to allow faith to arrive in you. So when you see things in the natural realm, you don't react with your feelings. You react with your spirit and not your soul realm. Listen, where does unbelief come from? It comes and attacks your soul and your mind. I want to tell you today, miracles aren't logical. If you can't get over that, you won't understand God. He loves to surprise his people. He loves to put a $100 bill in a Bible from Amazon. Some of you are still figuring out, no, something's up there. No, it's God. It's not logical. But listen, we're so used to walking in our senses that we dull our spirit. What fasting does is it dulls your senses so you can walk by the spirit. And then it doesn't matter what any devil's doing. You say, in the name of Jesus, you come out. You can do flip-flops. You can turn into a snake. It don't matter to me because I don't go by what I see. I go by what I believe. And I'm a child of God. And I have permission to use the name above every name. I have the permission to use the name of Jesus. And I will use it. I'll use it on a dog that attacks me. I'll use it on anything. Because I have permission. Because, it, listen, what casts out the enemy? Faith in the name of Jesus. What Jesus was saying here is this kind of unbelief. So you don't need fasting for every kind of unbelief. There's some things that we just believe, but there are some of you that you are in so much unbelief, you don't walk by faith. That's what fasting does. See, so many of us, we feed our unbelief instead of feeding our faith. We feed our unbelief. We feed our unbelief. Can I hear a good amen today? I'm going to tell you this story, and then I'm going to end. We get to a point where we, we feed our soul and our appetite and news or different things like that. I'm going to tell you, if you will starve your unbelief, faith will arise. What faith? The faith of God that's already inside. See, I just I want to bring clarity. Just because you have unbelief doesn't mean that the faith of God doesn't grow inside, inside of you. Just real quick, I want to read another story. I was listening to a preacher who was talking about a woman that he prayed for. She had huge lumps in the back of her back. They were cancerous, and so he prayed for her. All of the lumps went away, and they just kind of turned into a skin tag. She went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, this is a miracle. This is absolutely a miracle. And she was blown away, crazy day. Then the doctor said, but you know what? I think you should go through chemo just in case. Told her family. The family said, I think you should do that. You should go through the chemo. Went through the chemo. After the first stage of chemo, she became incontinent. After the second round of chemo, she died. Why? Because it wasn't because she wasn't healed. It was because unbelief comes back up to say, is this really how it is? Listen, it wasn't God who ki killed her. It wasn't the enemy. It was the chemo that she didn't need, but the doctor said. Why? Because we're so accustomed 
to whatever they say. Listen, I love doctors. We have some that come to the church, and I love you. Thank you for your service. But I'm telling you, there are diagnoses that they still can't even figure out. And I thank God that <laughs> she's my great physician. But what am, my point is this. You constantly listen to unbelief. Constantly. Constantly. So it grows in your life. But it doesn't mean that you don't have faith, but you're just going to have to let faith Arise, I'm going to close with this. Listen, we cannot talk about faith without talking about Abraham. How many of you are getting something out of today? Hopefully this is helping. Abraham wanted a son. He wanted his son. And we know because we read through, it's like, okay, he got his son, so keep believing Abraham. But you know when Abraham got his son? When he was 100 years old. Do you know how old Sarah was? Sarah was 90 years old. But listen to this, and then I'm going to close Listen to what Paul writes about Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. And Abraham, not being weak in faith, listen to this, he did not even consider his own body now dead. And when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Picture this for a minute, right? Abraham gets back from the doctor and goes, hey, Sarah, Sarah, we're bleeding for this kid. Did you go to the doctor? Yeah, we went to the doctor. What did the doctor say, Sarah? He said, my womb is dead. Hey, Abraham, what, what did he say about you? Yeah, my stuff ain't working either. It's all dead. Listen, not 1%, not 50-50. Her womb is dead. And his whole stuff, dead. Most of us would consider that than consider the word of God. But the Bible says this, Abraham did not consider the deadness of his body. You know what considered means? This will bless your socks off. To perceive, to remark. I wonder if you got that diagnosis from the doctor, your womb is dead, how many people you would tell and that would continue to come out your mouth. Well, you know what? My womb is dead. My womb is dead. My, yep, you know what that does? That believe, that, that just bleeds unbelief. And it's funny to me because people will say, I don't believe in all that confession of the word of God. Okay, that's fine. Keep confessing and remarking about the diagnosis and watch you'll stay the same. And then maybe that'll cause you to believe in confession. He did not consider his own body. Consider means to perceive, to remark, to observe, to understand. Isn't it funny? We get a diagnosis and we go on Google. I need 15 ways. Okay, you know what? I need to take more turmeric. Turmeric. What are you considering? How many scriptures do you know? How many promises do you know about your problem? And we wonder, my God isn't working. God, I'm mad at you. Listen, the Bible says this, to consider attentively, watch, Abraham didn't even fix his eyes on that his own wife's womb was dead. Ladies and gentlemen, dead wombs don't have babies. But we have faith, all things gets the glory when your womb is dead and a son comes out of the dead womb. What are you considering? We're always con considering the flesh, the flesh and this. 
had some family members who struggled to have a baby. I mean, it was their desire. So they went through all of these treatments. Listen, I'm not against treatment. I'm not. Please. Spent a bunch of money. Do you know that they ended up having the baby on their own? And this always happens. Listen, when a couple struggles for the first one, as soon as they have the first one, the second one comes like this. Why is it? Because there's no more struggle. Because we're so considering everything. Just relax. Watch. You do your part, if you know what I mean. Trust in him. But stop considering all the unbelief. Can I hear a good amen today? Watch this. Romans chapter 4, verse 10. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And I I just, I'm going to tell you something. I love Shaw's story. Because she doesn't have what she needs, but yet she's still giving glory to God. She's still serving. This is what they did. Watch. And being fully persuaded, let me just say this, because as a pastor, I hear people say this, until I get my promise, then I'll start. That doesn't work with God. You know what? You serve and you give, and he opens doors for you. If you're just going to sit on your couch and whine, that's not faith. Faith without works is dead. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Even though his body was dead and her womb was dead, he was able to perform. That's what Abraham believed. And therefore, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. I'm going to close. Look at me. The same faith that Abraham operated in is the same faith that you have. Here's the difference. Abraham had less unbelief. And Isaac came. The Bible says, if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed. You and I are seed of this man's faith. And I'll tell you what, it's the same faith. But Abraham had less unbelief. And here's number four. Faith brings victory. First John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God. How many are born of God today? For whatever is born of God. And this is the victory. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. The world's system. The world's sickness. Listen. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Even our faith. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.